Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Uh, This is a solo episode that uh, has been driven as uh, a desire to address a topic that um, I engaged with earlier this week on social media. Uh, It's also something that uh, comes up pretty often when I'm coaching uh, individuals, particularly high performers, which may be surprising to some people. So uh, this is a topic that comes up pretty regularly. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but also, it's just something that we all deal with from time to time. So hopefully, as you listen to uh, today's episode, you, uh, you walk away with uh, some helpful information uh, that you can go and apply. Maybe something that's encouraging, maybe something that you can learn from uh, and maybe something that uh, you just you need to correct. So that topic is failure. Um, failure is something that uh, we all face. We all talk about. There are uh, millions of uh, books out there, uh, motivational speeches, and there's a lot of people that can address us a lot better than I can, uh, but I'm going to take a crack at it. Um, I decided about two weeks ago on LinkedIn that I was going to Uh, create a series of videos titled Mistakes I Made as a Sales Leader. And um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I did that. I just knew that there was things that I experienced as a sales leader that would be beneficial to other people. And it's scary when we decide that we are going to publicly expose ourselves, uh, especially when it's things that we're not great at. We're thinking about a world uh, we live in today, which is behind a computer, behind a camera. Uh, We can portray ourselves to be the most successful and amazing, fail-free, perfect people in the world. And that's just not the case, right? I mean, the reality is, is we all fail. We all struggle. And I just felt like it was about time that I talked about it. And so I started sharing. And from the first video, I think I've done three now, I just got so much amazing feedback, so much constructive support and response. Uh, I was just so encouraged. And um, and, and I didn't want to say, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, I was surprised. You know, I mean, we fear social media because there is just so many trolls out there, so many people behind the scenes that will do anything they can to attack. And social is just such a great place for that, unfortunately. And so I had no idea what I was going to get as, in terms of feedback. And I was receiving encouraging comments and likes and uh, emails. And so um, I just started talking more about it uh, in conversations with people. And obviously, you know, it's come up, um, uh, you know, over and over again, like I said, as I've coached people. And so it was just something that I decided I wanted to continue in. And so um, so it brought me to today. And so I just want to talk a little bit about um, uh, failure as I see it, uh, and then um, uh, some should do's, some shouldn't do's as it relates to failure. And then I'm going to address the one question that I got on Instagram as it relates to failure. And it's funny because when I typically post questions on Instagram uh, for the podcast, I get a couple of responses, you know, a handful of them. This one, I got one. And I think it's because people are afraid to talk about their failures. Like we all admit that we fail. We just don't want to 
talk about ours personally, or we don't want to ask a question because we're afraid that if we ask a question, we're implicating uh, ourselves as poor performers or something. Anyway, so let's just talk about failure for a second. So it's um, it, it's just obvious to everybody that failure is inevitable, right? I mean, we fail. We 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 don't always succeed. We don't always win. Um, uh, the harder you try, the harder you fail. We've heard that plenty of times before. Um, and, and yeah, it just it it. it there's such a roadblock there, right? A mental roadblock. Um, and it's just, it prevents us from doing so many things. So we just need to realize that failure is inevitable. It's absolutely inevitable that we are going to fail. And so if we're willing to accept the fact that failure is inevitable, then there's a couple of things that we should take away from that. The first one is that it cannot and should not define you. I mean, for for some people that listen to this podcast, I know of a few of you out there, you are high performers and you don't let this happen. But there are other people. I've had conversations with people that are absolutely killing it out in the marketplace, in their industry, and yet they have allowed their failures to define them. Sometimes that results in them being prevented from being more successful or stepping out onto a bigger stage or being intimidated by somebody else. They have allowed it to to define them, even if they won't admit it. They allow failure to define them. And I am just going to reiterate it. Do not allow failure to define you. As I get down a little bit farther and talk about the the should do's and shouldn't do's, uh, I'll expand on some of those things a little bit more. But just right out of the gate, do not let failure define you. The second thing, do not let failure discourage you. I mean, gosh, we all accept the fact that we fail, and yet we get discouraged when we fail. And I know I'm the same way. I mean, um, it's easy for me to attribute this again to the gym. I've done, I've done this quite a few different times, but you know, when I fail, um, uh, uh, an attempt at a best for a lift that I'm trying to complete or, uh, a movement of uh, this morning, I was doing ring muscle ups and I tried for one more than I probably should have. And I failed. Uh, we just, we fail and it's easy to accept the fact that if we're pushing ourselves hard, we're going to fail. Like there is just going to be failure, right? It's inevitable. And I cannot allow that to discourage me. As a matter of fact, I use failure to fuel me, right? Like I I see that, like I almost got there or I just need to put in a little bit more work. And so I do. Um, I've done this recently. I've shared this before in the podcast. I've done this recently with golf. Uh, I used to be reasonably good for me. I mean, it was a high 80s golfer and I was pretty, pretty pumped on that. And and then I stepped away for a while. I came back and I became a 150s golfer or something like that. And gosh, it was just frustrating, right? Golf is frustrating anyway. It's like the best and worst of things all combined into one. Uh, I hope my golf coach is listening so he can hear that. Um, he can find a way to work on that with me. So I decided I wanted to get better. Um, and so I, I started taking lessons. I paid somebody to teach me to play golf again. And this guy's phenomenal. Like he is, he is just an analytical tactician. Like he does a fantastic job of teaching the right way. He doesn't try and modify crappy behavior. He teaches the right behavior, the right discipline. I love it. 
And so, you know, I knew the first lesson was going to be tough, but I'm three or four in and um, I'm getting it. And then I just have like a bunch of crappy shots, uh, in, you know, in, in, in my lesson with him. And, oh gosh, it's frustrating, but I can't let it discourage me, right? So I keep going. And so then I go out to the driving range and I'm trying to practice because golf coach tells me I've got to practice. And I do. And I'm just, I'm crushing them out at the driving range. And then I went and played my first round of golf. Oh my gosh. I played my first round of golf after taking lessons, my first five lessons. Uh, and, oh God, it was brutal. I mean, I could not hit the ball for the life of me. I mean, the only thing that I could do was hit the ball. I just couldn't tell you where it was going, how far, how short, to the left, to the right. Like it was just, it was a mess. It was such a mess. And I got discouraged and I was so frustrated. And a buddy I was playing with, he said, you just got to just continue to practice. Just, just let the process play itself out. And so I've continued to do that. And thankfully I had a, a, a reasonably good round recently uh, that was helpful for me, but I started to let it dis to discourage me and, and, and I can't do that. And so I got to go back out and practice, right? I got to go back out. I've got to work on the skill. I'm not going to get better overnight. I'm going to fail. I mean, it's, it's just, it's inevitable, right? I've said it before. I'll say it again. So don't let it define you. Don't let it discourage you. Number three there uh, in, in, re in relation to um, it being inevitable is you should not let failure prevent you from further attempts to achieve the things that you want to achieve. Let me say that again. Do not, do not let failure prevent you from attempting to achieve or pursue the things that you want to achieve. Like that's just terrible. Everybody will tell you that in pursuit of greatness, failure is inevitable. And oftentimes we, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, but we, uh, we, we learn the most, we grow the most through our failures. Ryan Holiday writes a great book called The Obstacle is the Way. And in that book, he talks about the fact that we too often try to avoid the obstacle. In this case, we could be trying to avoid things that we know we're going to fail in. And we prevent ourselves from getting to the goal that we want to achieve because we're too afraid to fail. And so we just stop attempting. I mean, for me in the gym, again, I just, I go back to that. Like uh, there are certain moves uh, or uh, lifts in the gym, gymnastics uh, movements or uh, very technical Olympic lifts in the gym. They scare the crap out of me. And I have failed so many times and yet I'm not going to quit. I will not quit attempting. I will continue to practice. I will continue to work on my technique. I will continue to push myself. I have a coach in the gym outside of just the regular coach. Like I, I'm paying somebody outside of my regular membership uh, to teach me to do the right things because I will continue to fail until I succeed. Golf is the same way. Business is the same way. You know, I, I went through a season of life in business. I started my business back in 2011, and I went through a season uh, in the beginning that was dry, right? And then I hit this really good stride, and then, oh my gosh, I got crushed again. Like the, 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 the carpet got pulled out from underneath me. I lost a bunch of clients as the result of a few different things. Thankfully, none of them were, were directly the result of me doing a bad job. Uh, just it, it all happened. And oh man, I was just crushed. And so what was I going to do? Was I just going to quit? Was I just going to go back to work uh, for somebody else after I had been so passionate about wanting to be in business for myself? No. Like I just went back out there. I picked up the phone. I called another prospect. I 
I, 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 I double down on marketing. Like I, I just will not quit attempting to be successful. I will not quit attempting to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Failure is inevitable. That means I need to learn to deal with it, right? I just have to learn to deal with it. So as it relates to the inevitability, I think that's a word of failure. Uh, those are three things to consider. Don't let it define you. Don't let it discourage you. And do not allow it to prevent you from further attempts at trying to pursue or achieve success. So moving down or moving along. What shouldn't you do then? So I, I've talked about like things things to to not do if failure is inevitable, but I but I want to now talk about the failure itself. So if you're failing or if you have failed, uh, here are a couple of things that I want to make sure you consider as you're dealing with your failure, or you are um, uh, coming out the other side of a failure, or you're just about to fail, because there are many of you right now that are on the verge of failure. And so here's a couple of things to consider uh, with, the, with the don't do's. First one, do not ignore it. The problem in today's narrative as it relates to failure is it almost, it almost suggests that we ignore the failure. Like, it's inevitable. D don't worry about it. Just let it go. Like, you cannot do that. You cannot ignore the failure, especially if you believe what the majority of successful be people believe, which is you're going to fail and you're going to learn from it. And so if you're going to learn from failure, why the heck would you want to ignore it? Like take that free education, right? I mean, you're paying for it in blood, sweat, and tears, but take that opportunity to learn. Do not ignore failure. Don't ignore the fact that you failed. There's too much to learn from it. And I'll talk about that on the should do side of things, but don't allow or don't ignore it because you're, you're, you're missing out on a really, really good opportunity. All right. Number two. So I said, don't ignore it. Number two, don't dwell on it. So as much as, and I'm going to talk about stepping through the process uh, on the should do side, I'm going to talk about stepping through the process of learning from failure uh, in a minute. But you cannot dwell on your failures. Yes, you failed. Maybe you screwed up big time. I mean, it was just a, a, a horrific, horrific failure. Maybe you took people down with you. Um, you just, you can't dwell on it. It's over with. It's done. That's in the past. You don't have any control of that failure any longer. The only control you have is how you now are going to act moving forward. So my question to you would be, how are you going to act moving forward, right? Don't dwell on it. Number three, you should not accept that it is what it is. Like people say that all the time. Well, I failed. It just, it is what it is. No, it's not. It isn't is what it is. There was a reason that you failed, which again, I'll talk about in a few minutes, but there is a reason that you failed, and that means there are things to learn from, to grow from, to understand. You cannot just accept that your failure is what it is. That's poor. That's poor, poor, poor professionalism. That is not 
the, a, a key indicator of somebody that is successful or that is pers- pursuing success, pursuing excellence. We don't just accept that failure is what it is. Yes, it's there. Yes, it happens, but it isn't what it is. There's too much to learn from it. And the last one on the sh- uh, on the don't side of things is as it relates to failure, do not make emotional decisions. So too often when people fail, I see people overreact or even just react to their failure in the moment. Now, there may be a time when you got to grab a bucket of water and put out a fire because the failure caused that. And that's understandable, right? But do not make decisions straight out of failure. And I say that because we are too often emotionally charged up from that failure, right? We are too often um, stuck in the muck, in the mire. We're hurt. We're upset. We're frustrated. We're pissed off at somebody. And we're just too emotional to make a rational decision in the moment, especially when it's a really important failure. I mean, when I fail to hit a golf ball correctly or a golf shot correctly out on the golf course, that really doesn't like have a ton of bearing on my life, right? Like I can recover from that shot. Or even if I have, I don't know, a hundred bad shots out on the golf course, I can still recover from a a bad game of golf. So uh, that's not a big deal, even though, um, you know, even there, right? Like I'm I'm not going to go out and shoot a poor round of golf and then uh, decide that because of that, I'm going to go buy a new set of golf clubs. Like I need to take some time to like slow down and think about it before I just go make an emotional decision like that. Not just for my sake, but for, or not just for my emotional sake, but for the sake of my life. Cause my wife would kill me if I went out and made a thousand dollar purchase as a result of a bad game of golf or even 10 bad games of golf. Um, but, but, Typically, they're much bigger than that, right? Like as it relates to being a professional in business, um, a salesperson, uh, when we see failure, we often make really irrational, emotional decisions. I see this when salespeople fail to make deals and their sales managers or sales leaders come down on them so hard. Like they use, uh, there's wisdom in uh, doing a debrief to learn why we failed, right? And, And to do that fairly quickly. But um, sometimes the decisions that, that also come with that are really bad. And those can be things like we're going to restructure their comp or we're going to cut them loose, or we're going to make them do X, Y, and Z differently uh, next time. Like you may still come to that conclusion. Just don't do that right away. Take some time, let the steam cool and the frustration cool before you just go ahead and make some crazy, potentially irrational decision uh, because you were too emotional in the fact that you failed. Please don't do that. That's just not a wise thing to do. Okay. So we're talking about failure, still talking about failure. We've talked a lot about what not to do, and there are probably a lot more. No, there are a lot more things that uh, we should not do as it relates to failure, um, but I just don't have time for that. So Uh, I want to talk now about things that we should do. So what should we do? Like we fail, it's inevitable that we're going to fail. And so then what should we do? What's important uh, in order to, um, to step through failure the right way? And so the first thing that we should do that I'm going to recommend that you do, you, you failed, um, or you're going to fail. And so what's the first thing on your list? 
The first thing on your list when you fail is to own it. And I mean, own all of it. There's plenty of time for you to dissect the situation and to blame Susie because she dropped the ball and to blame the wind because it took your shot in the wrong direction and to blame the weather because you were too cold and to blame everybody else because blah. There's plenty of time for that. And you've done that plenty of times. When you fail, especially when it's right after you failed, that is the best time to own it. Own it. You failed. I failed. I made a mistake. I screwed up. I didn't see it the way that I should have. I treated that person poorly and it damaged a relationship. I went too hard for the sale too quickly. And I just completely offended the client or the prospect while we were in the meeting. Just own your failure. Be honest about it. It's okay. Trust me, if somebody on the other side uh, um, shames you for your failure, that's not somebody that you want to be in a relationship with. Business, professional, personal, whatever. You just don't want to be in those relationships if people are going to come down on you when you fail. Uh, there's Again, there's plenty of constructive opportunities to provide feedback, to learn and to grow. But you don't need to be involved with people that just are, are are ready to come down on you. And you don't need to come down on yourself. You do that really well in plenty of other areas. Don't come down on yourself and condemn yourself when you failed. Just own it. Own the fact that you failed and know that you're going to learn from it. Number two, what should you do when you fail? When you fail, the second thing that I think that you should do is you should talk about it. I mean, that's just like a mind blower to some people. Too, too often, too many people, like they fail and they just hide it. They bury it in a corner. And I started this episode off by sharing with you the fact that um, I recently shared a series of videos, which I'm not done with yet. You can hop onto LinkedIn if you're there and, and check me out, uh, sharing some sales, uh, some mistakes I made as a sales leader. And, um, um, and, and, and the best thing that I did was talk about it. It allowed me to feel more free. That kind of sounds silly, but it just it did. Um, it aligns with one of the most important values that I have uh, as an as a person and as a professional, and that's honesty and transparency. Um, it offered opportunities for people to encourage me. And I don't know about you, but I love to be encouraged. I'm not necessarily the guy, or not typically the guy, that needs to be uh, patted on the back and. Uh, just given accolades, but they feel so good. They feel so good. And man, they just, they just encourage me to want to go out and fail again. It's just, but if I don't talk about it, then I'm never going to, I'm never going to give anybody the opportunity to provide positive feedback, to provide constructive criticism, to help me. I need help. If I'm failing, I need help. I need help anyway, but I really need help when I'm failing. And so my encouragement to you is when you fail, talk about your failures. You can protect that group that you talk with. Obviously, depending upon the the weight or level of failure will depend upon how broadly you share. But if you're willing to share 
all of your great accolades online and all of the wins that you have, then you should be willing to share your failures too. You should be willing to share your losses, your shortcomings. That's what creates a real person or that, that, that's what makes a real person. And so my encouragement is talk about it, talk about it and be prepared for all the awesome benefits. And you may be thinking to yourself right now, like, what about the haters? Who cares about the haters? They're out there anyway. Even they hate you when you win. They hate you when you lose. They hate you when you succeed. They hate you when you fail. So, so, so just disregard, forget about it, move on. You've got a lot of other things and better things to spend your time on. All right. So that's two. Own it. Talk about it. Number three is understand why. That is the biggest one. Even though those other two are are, are priority first or first and second, this third one, understanding why, is going to be the most important. Yeah, it's going to be the most important. I'm thinking about the next one I'm going to share, and it's pretty important, but I don't think it's as important as uh, understanding why. Because if if you don't understand why, then you can't do what my fourth one's going to be. So you need to understand why you failed. You need to think through every possible scenario. You need to go back and look at uh, every interaction that led up to that failure, all of your efforts. Um, so... Uh, uh, I'll attribute this back to my golf uh, lessons of my golf coach. Um, and so uh, thankfully I was warned ahead of time. Uh, but um, when I went to see my golf coach, uh, uh, the recommendation from uh, a couple of friends uh, uh, that didn't know each other, but both happened to use the same golf coach. And so they recommended I go see this guy. And so I go talk to him and he starts with the, with my grip and my distance from the ball. And you may think to yourself, yeah, no kidding. But like specificity, exactly where my hands need to be, exactly where my feet need to be, the exact angle of my back as I bend over to address the ball. And I think for the first two or three lessons, I know for the first lesson, I wasn't able to go any more than a half a swing back and a half a swing forward. And then I got to graduate a little bit farther, but I don't even think I took a full swing and, uh, except by accident. I don't think I was instructed. Uh, that's a better way to say it. I was not instructed to take a full swing uh, as part of my lessons until my fifth lesson. Why is, that, why, does that, why is that relevant to understanding why we fail? Well, because if I just stand up to the golf ball and I swing, I have no idea why I failed. I have no clue. I just know that I failed. Yeah, maybe I addressed the ball wrong. Maybe I swung wrong. Maybe I used the wrong club. Maybe I turned my hips. Like there's 9 million things to, to remember in golf. But if I don't understand the basic fundamentals of what I'm doing, I will never be able to break down why I'm failing. And then once I understand, then I can break down why I'm failing I can learn from that. I can grow from that. I can make adjustments to uh, to one thing or another, or maybe everything at some point. I don't have to make adjustments to en- to everything because um, my golf coach has got a a pretty good dialed in um, a process there. But you know, it's it. I've just I've got a lot of I've got a lot of tweaks to make still. I've got a lot of adjustments to make. I've got a, a lot of learning still to do. And so um, when I fail, I go I can go look at those things. You salespeople. 
If you do not have a clear sales process, I mean written down, articulated, step-by-step, sub-step-by-sub-step, if you don't have your entire sales process dialed in, you will fail and you will not be able to understand why you failed. You will just keep making excuses. You'll blame it on the price. You'll blame it on the prospect. You'll blame it on the weather. You'll blame it on somebody else. You will find anything else to blame it on but yourself because you're just too good and there's no way you could fail. And yet, if you had a process articulated properly, you would understand why you failed. You'd be able to make tweaks. You'd be able to get better. You'd be able to study, learn, grow, drill in those areas, role play those those uh, components of your sales process. And then you'd go out and kill it. And you'd be so much more successful. So my encouragement to you is to do that. You've got to understand why you're failing. So that's the third one. Own it. Talk about it. Understand why. And the last one is it relates to failure. You've got to commit to taking action. You absolutely have to commit to taking action after every failure you encounter. Sometimes that means you quit or you pivot if you want to use that word instead because you don't want to consider yourself a quitter. That's fair and that's fine. Sometimes that's a decision. You fail and you realize like this just isn't for me and that's okay. You don't need to be good at everything. You really only need to be good at one thing and that will carry you forever. But you've got to commit to taking action. So it may be to pivot. Maybe it's not to pivot. Maybe it's that you need to hire a coach like I did for my golf swing. It was bad. It was so frustrating. I was failing over and over and over again. It was expensive to hire a golf coach, but it was worth the investment. It's so, it's been so worth, it's been so worth the investment that when I got done with my first five lessons, uh, I was done. I bought a, a, like a, a package of five of them. Um, the guy's awesome. Uh, I'm going to reference him in the show notes because I've talked about him enough today, but his name is Max Allen with golf code 360. And, uh, he's up in Brea, California. He just, he crushes it. He's so, he's an amazing golfer, but he's, he's a phenomenal teacher. And that, that's pretty unique that you can be good at one and, and be a great teacher too. Anyway, um, but I got done with my first five and he's like, okay, what do you want to do from here? I'm like, well, I need to take a break, right? Like I, I need, um, I need to go out and now practice on my own. I need to go play some rounds of golf. I need to learn some things. And then, um, I'm going to come back and I'm sure in his mind, he's like, people say that all the time, but people rarely come back. He didn't say that to me, but I'm sure, I'm sure that that thought at least crossed his mind, but I beat him to the punch before he could even potentially get that out of his mouth. Cause I said, And in order to ensure that I'm coming back, I'm buying five more lessons right now. Like I'm committed to the process. I'm committed to taking action. I am committed to my goal that I set at the beginning of the year, which was to shoot in the 80s again. I was hoping to do it this year. I don't think that that's going to happen. But and there are a lot of factors as to why why I'm not going to get there. I did not get enough enough practice in over the course of the year. Um, I thought I had enough, but it's not as much as uh, I didn't end up doing enough. So I'm going to need to make some adjustments to my schedule to get some more practice in, uh, in this next year, Uh, but I'm still committed. And so I I wanted to go out and play some rounds and practice, but I knew that if I bought five more lessons, I had to come back. I couldn't ignore it. That was the way that I was going to ensure that I was going to continue to take action, um, on my failures and my failures are 
my golf game right now. Um, there's a lot of other areas. I fail in business and I hire a coach or I pick up the phone and call a friend. Um, uh, I talk to my wife a lot when I fail. Like she is the most honest person just to, just to tell me the real truth about things. And I love that about her. That is what has made our relationship so good throughout the years. And that has made me a big part of what's made me who I am. And I feel like, um, there's a lot of areas where I'm doing really well. And I attribute my success, uh, every one of the areas of success in my life, my wife has contributed some to, um, different levels. Um, um, depending upon, you know, what it is, but everything that I am is because, or in part because of who my wife is and how my wife contributes to my life. She helps me to take action. She'll make recommendations or suggestions. Um, I'm looking to grow my business right now. And there's some things I failed in. There are some areas that I wanted to grow in. Uh, and, um, and so I had to take action. I, I applied to a TED Talk and I had an in. I was so stoked. I'm like, I have an in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And I applied and I got denied. And so I'm not going to pity party that. Like, I'm bummed out. I, I really wanted the opportunity. And I thought I had a good in to do it. And I thought I had a good talk. Uh, come to find out, I didn't. And so my action and my commitment to that is, is to go back and rewrite a couple of other talks and then commit to learning them and to understanding, and to growing, and to commit to go back and apply. And so throughout the course of the beginning of 2019, I will I am committed to applying to as many TED Talks as I possibly can, because I will be on the TED stage in 2019. I don't know where, but I will be there. Um, so it's all about taking action. You must commit to taking action when you fail. It's just got to happen. All right. So Lots of should do's, lots of shouldn't do's. And so now I want to address the one question that I got on Instagram because everybody else was too afraid to ask a question. Um, so I had somebody ask me on Instagram as it related to failure, um, how do I preserve my image when I fail? And man, that was just such an awesome question. And this guy, he's like legit. I respect him a lot. Uh, he's one of my clients. Uh, I wish that uh, more of my clients were like him because he's he's just he's a stud. Um, he works super hard. He has more success in him than he possibly knows. Like there's just no way he can imagine. Um, but um, he asked this question, and, and and I know him enough to know why he was asking this question, and and, and not from a vanity perspective. Um, but l- let me just address that. A lot of times we ask that question, we're afraid to fail or to publicize our failure because we're afraid of what other people are going to think of us, how other people are going to look at us. And guess what? Who cares? I mean, you should care what people think, right? Like you shouldn't go around being a jerk. You shouldn't uh, go around talking trash on people. You shouldn't be dishonest. You shouldn't be an idiot. Um, But if you value honesty and transparency, if you want to be the very best you can possibly be in whatever industry you're in or in pursuit of whatever goal you have, then you should be transparent. You should be honest about who you are. And and if you're honest, if you're honest with who you are, people will be attracted to you. People will want to be around you. People will want to do business with you. People will want to encourage you. Like, it's really hard to trash somebody that is honestly doing the very best that they can 
and continuing to try and improve themselves in every area that they can. And so my, my, my first suggestion to the question of how do I preserve my image is, 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 is just to be yourself and trust that it's what you should be doing, it, that you should be honest, that you should be transparent. But not only that, I shared at the beginning when I was talking about my own story of sharing some videos on LinkedIn, like you're, you should realize that like people will respect you. You will probably gain respect. Um, the number of people that are attracted to you, even though that the number is not necessarily the case, like, um, I had somebody reach out to me via LinkedIn, a, a message the other day. And oh my gosh, it was the sweetest thing that somebody said about me. And a lot of it was predicated around this idea that I'm just open and honest and transparent. I just am who I am. And I've been this way for most of my life. The problem is, is I used to be an idiot about it and, and I didn't care um, uh, when people got hurt. And I just, I said it like it is. And I was just telling the truth and everyone just had to deal with it. And that's not a way to handle things. That's not a way to be. But now I have intention to help people. I have intention to support people. And I have intention to grow people. And I have intention to contribute as much as I can possibly contribute to this world. Like, I, I often reference uh, the Gandhi quote, be the change that you want to see in this world. Like, I, I believe that is the case. Um, I believe that I've been called by God uniquely and specially, just as you have, to contribute to this society. And so that means I just need to be myself. I just need to be honest. And I think that when we are, we will gain a lot more positive feedback than we do negative. Um, I, didn't, I don't think I prepped for this enough, uh, this question, because more thoughts are just racing through my head here. Another thing that comes to mind as I think about preservation of image when we talk about failure, failure is to... Um, is, is to choose your words wisely. So I just said to be honest. I just said to be transparent. But make sure that you're choosing the right words when you're communicating your failure. Make sure that you are, um, you're not down-talking yourself, that you're not coming across as falsely humble, um, that you're not dragging other people down with you. Uh, when you talk about failure, Make sure that you talk about your own and your own contribution. Even if there's a greater failure involved, make sure you talk about yours, not about other people's. Um, I think that's really important that you do that. At the end of the day, your goal as you're building your own brand, and I've got plenty of friends out there that come to mind as I think that are geniuses at helping people build their personal brown, uh, brands, browns, uh, personal brands um, that I've, I've had some of them on this podcast um, and, and they're great at it. And I'd be happy to refer you to people if, if you want to talk about that. But um, um, if, you, if you're going to build a strong personal brand, um, being yourself, being honest, being open, um, that's what's going to win. I, 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 I will go on record as saying I guarantee 
that if you be yourself, that if you continue to desire improvement, that you commit to taking action when you fail, that people will see that. They will see your growth. They will respect the growth and they will want to be like you and they will want to be around you. And those are things that you want, right? You want that. You want people to look up to you for the things that you do well. And you want people to want to do business with you or be around you uh, if you do things well. So just be honest. Be honest with your failures. It's okay. Find, find, find appropriate circles to do that in, but just don't keep them to yourself. Um, again, I think that there's a lot more there, but I think those are just some, some quick things that come to mind as it relates to failure. So I've been at this a bit today, and um, I, I always fear that when I am rolling solo, that sometimes if I drag out too long, it can get boring. Uh, I don't want to do that. I want to contribute to you know, I want to continue to do the best that I can to contribute good, positive value to those that are willing to spend 30, 45 minutes, an hour with me uh, online like this. I just so much appreciate uh, the people that listen, the people that provide feedback. It's just, it's been awesome. And yet I failed along the way. Uh, I realized that as I'm recording this podcast, I was doing video too. And uh, I had a half uh, empty memory card in there, which means my video shut off before I was done recording. So that in itself was a failure. I own it. I understand why it happened. I just wasn't paying attention. And my commitment to that action is I've got to put an empty video card in or a, a storage card in the next time I decide I want to take video. So with that, my final encouragement to you is, is to get out there to absolutely crush it. Like there are so many opportunities for you to win. Um, not that winning is everything, but it's important, right? You want to like, you, you, you want to be successful, whether you're a a mom staying at home, like you want to crush it at home. You're going to fail. You're going to screw up. You're going to piss your kids off. Your husband's going to be upset with you. You're going to burn dinner once in a while. Like, it's okay. Like you just fail. That's fine. You're not perfect. Jesus is perfect. You're not like it's, oh, it's just, it's fine. It's fine. Own it. Learn from it. Don't condemn yourself over it. Just learn and grow from it. And then realize that there is just some things that you're just not going to be amazing at. And that's okay too. And you can find a lane doing something else. If you're a business professional and you're out there, if you're a salesperson and man, you are just up against the wall, you're just getting hammered. Maybe we're coming to the end of 2018 or basically at the end of 2018 and you haven't hit your goals. That's okay. Like it's not okay, but it's okay. I I, I understand plenty of people are not going to hit their goals in 2018. It's over. Your your opportunity now is to do something about it. Are you set up for success in 2019? You need to figure that out. You need to get dialed in so you do not repeat your failure because then if you do, then it is 100% on you and there's nothing you can do about it. And for everybody else out there, I just want to say, go get it. Go crush it. Hope this has been helpful. Thank you so much again for listening. Another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast is in the books. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.